Ion 2020, episode 115. So you guys know how I love featuring people that are doing real things to move liberty forward, right? Well, check out this show that I found. It's with Matt and Nick. These are real guys. These are, I think they work at a Subaru dealership is what I heard, right? And Matt is an Iraq war veteran and he's also an ex-convict. And what they do is they talk about history, current events, politics, economics. Their most recent show was about gun rights and not moving an inch on our gun rights. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Matt really gets deep into a lot of this stuff, which is excellent. I love the way that he talked about it. And I think you guys should definitely check out that show. It is called the status quo. And if you don't like the name, I love the name because this, you know how I've been talking about lately challenging people's status quo. Well, they're talking about challenging people's status quo because most people, they do believe in the state, right? And these guys, they're just doing an excellent show. They do one show a week and it's just absolutely wonderful to listen to. These guys are doing something for Liberty and they are getting a message out there. And I think it's something that you know, with Matt being an Iraq war veteran, they're talking a lot about anti-war issues and stuff, and I thought it was just phenomenal listening to that. So I think you guys should check that one out, all right? That's called The Status Quo. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead-up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, the host that you come to Monday through Friday with the news and the related events and the issues involving these candidates and the things that they're doing, the things that they're promising, the things that they challenge Donald Trump on, the things that Donald Trump challenges them on. I'm bringing you all the information for the 2020 election as much as I can, five days a week, Monday through Friday, so I appreciate you coming out and listening. There's uh, definitely more and more people listening every single day, and I appreciate that. Uh, I've been trying to reach out to other podcasters as well, as you guys know, in order to start featuring some of their shows on my show. That's why I talked about the status quo uh, just now, you know, in a little introduction piece as well, just because I, I want to make sure that you guys are aware of other people that are out there doing the good work, right? Because we want to inspire other people to do the same thing. I think there's a lot of, I mean, I, I, I put out this call to people on a couple different Facebook pages that I'm in, and I am just getting people left and right tons of people that want me to mention their show and mention what they're doing on this show as well. So, I mean, I just, I just see that there are a lot of people doing things and I've been listening to a lot of other people's podcasts lately. I've been looking through people's websites. I've been reading about what they're doing and it is just really impressive to me, the things that are going on in the libertarian movement. We are literally building a grassroots movement right now, slowly but surely it is taking off. And I think from that standpoint, I mean, maybe the socialists, maybe maybe they have a little bit of momentum going, but I think we're going to be the ones with the momentum going because 
there is just there's just so many people out there that are doing something in the name of liberty right now. There are a lot of firm believers in this belief in this in this idea that self-government is the best way to govern the world and this idea that non-intervention is the best policy internationally as well as nationally as well as individually. A lot of people believe this and a lot of people are trying to spread that message and spread that word and the quality of the shows impresses me. It really does. People put a lot of work, a lot of effort into what they're doing every single day and it just blows my mind. I mean, the web pages that I'm looking at of people that are sending sending me their information to mention on the show, there's just a lot of great information out there and and we have that ability now to get that information out there, to spread the word of liberty. And it's just impressive. It really is. So over the next several weeks, next several months, probably for the rest of the show, I'm going to start just mentioning different shows that I find, mentioning people that are out there in the libertarian movement that are doing some good work, that are spreading the message, that are watering that tree. That's what I talk about is watering the tree of liberty, getting out there and making a difference, making making this message clear and resonate with other people. Even if it's, you know, a cooking show, like the Culinary Libertarian, or I, there was another another website that I was sent, and I didn't get a good chance to look through it very much, so I don't, I don't want to talk about it um, at all right now. I just I want to give you guys a good presentation of it. But this lady, she is just, she has a, a farm that, you know, sells... It looks like some like goat milk soap, and it was just really impressive looking at it because this is a person. It's not libertarianism is not featured all over that, but that's getting away from the government. That's what it sounded like to me: getting away from the government run control of the food and all the stuff that's going on in this world. Um, that's what a lot of people are doing. They're turning their backs on the government. They're turning the backs on the politicians. They're looking for individuals and communities that are going to help make themselves better. They're not looking for the politician who's lying up there just trying to get reelected. So there's just a lot of people in this movement that are doing some great things right now. And it's very impressive to me. It really is. And the more people are sending me more information on what they're doing, the more I'm impressed. It just blows my mind to see what they're doing. So if you'd like me to know what you're doing out there, drop me a line, ray at ionleempire.com, and I'll mention it on the show. I'd love to be mentioning lots of people's ideas and the things that they're doing on the show. And I'm going to start featuring them at the beginning of the show, like I like I did with the status quo yesterday and I did it today as well, just because... Those guys seem like they're doing doing some really good work. When you listen to Matt speak, you could, you could hear the passion that he has on that show. So go ahead and check them out, like I said. But um, today what I wanted to talk about was just the idea of democracy, right? Because you hear a lot of people say we need democracy, we need to, you know... We need to protect democracy. We need to spread democracy in the, around the world. And I think that that is a... I, I even got into an argument with somebody 
and that wasn't really an argument. I don't argue with people, but I got into a little, you know, back and forth with someone on Twitter, and they were saying that they were, you know, they always bring up this idea of democracy and making Americans work together because that's going to be the best system and all that. And I just complete. I mean, looking at it, so there's two things. There's there's. I was listening to the V50 lectures one time, and if you ever wanted great introduction to volunteerism, listen to the V50 lectures. I think it's 50 hours of presentation that this gentleman does, and it was back in the 60s and 70s he would do this around the country, and he was just trying to spread the message of volunteerism to the masses. And I mean, he he gave this lecture, and it's really a very well it's a it's a great libertarian vision for the future is what it is and he gets into a lot of different issues but one of the things that he talked about was economic democracy versus political democracy and that's what I want to talk about today the difference between economic democracy and political democracy uh go ahead if you can though while you got a second go and subscribe to the show so you can hear it tomorrow if you're a first time listener and then if you would like to, I would really appreciate it. Go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review if you like what you hear. If I'm covering topics that you think are interesting and you want other people to hear about it as well, then the best way to get this message out there is through those that five-star rating on whatever podcatcher you're listening to. And then when you review it as well, more people will see it. It helps with the algorithms. And that's what I'm trying to do is get this message out there along with sharing other people's messages so if i can do that then maybe we'll continue to get this ball rolling this snowball just gets bigger and bigger going down that hill um so do that as well if you can and like i said you can check me out ray at ionlyempire.com email me with any you know any suggestions that you have as well as stories that you have and i will feature those on the show and then IonTheEmpire.com is the website that I have. And you'll also find me Facebook and Twitter the same way, I on the Empire. So um, political democracy, that's what we supposedly live in today. Everyone argues that it's a republic and people say it's democracy and so forth. Democracy is just the idea and the, 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 founders, of the founders of the United States, right? The founding fathers they talked about democracy as like a a very bad thing. And the reason why is because it's the tyranny of the majority. There's one gentleman that I heard before. He says, the smallest democracy in the world is two guys and one girl. And they decide to rape her. You know, that's the smallest democracy in the world. It's the tyranny of the majority if you allow that to happen. So when you have... A system like that, you would need to have strict rules in place on on what the government is and is not allowed to do. You have to have strict limits on that government. But literally, it's the tyranny of the majority. You have politicians that get up there and they promise things. And when they get up there and promise things, it might not be to your benefit, but it might be to the 51%'s benefit. And in the country that we live in today, it's not even the 51% benefit. Because 100% of people don't vote. 100% of people 
are not the constituency that they're looking for. They're looking for the 15% that are Republicans and the 20, you know, the 15 to 20% that are Republicans and the 15 to 20% that are Democrats that are going to vote. That's what they're looking at. Because in the presidential elections, 35, more people do not vote than, you know, more people abstain from voting that voted than voted for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Now, more people voted than did not vote. That is true. It was around, you know, I think 32 or 33% of people, maybe 35% of people did not vote. I think it was actually closer to 40. And then you have about 30% that voted for Donald Trump and 30% of people that voted for Hillary Clinton. So they're not even looking in the political world. The politicians, they're not even looking to get... They're not even looking to benefit the 51%. What they're looking to do is pander just enough to get, you know, that 20, that 21% of people. Because let's say 40% of people, or excuse me, let's say 60% of people vote. 62%. Let, let's use that number, right? All they're looking to do is get, you know, 32% of people, 31.5% of people to vote for them. And that's it. So that's all they're trying to do. So this isn't even a true democracy in that sense because you don't have exactly 100% of people voting, right? So you have the tyranny of a minority in this country because of that and any democracy in that sense. And to me, that's where we that's where it falls flat. That is the challenge that I think we need to face in this world is that we're living in a system which we call a democracy, which we call a republic, that makes it so that some people get to benefit at the expense of others. Some people get to be happy while other people have to be sad. Some people are ecstatic that Donald Trump gets elected, and a lot of people are terrified that Donald Trump is elected. That's why after the presidential election in 2016, that's why like the next day you had this women's rights movement get out there and start marching in Washington. And you had these protests and all that stuff because they were unsatisfied. They were not happy with the outcome. More division. But that's what we have in America. We have division because of the system that we live under. It's democracy. And to me... Not saying that, I've heard people say it before, like, it's the best system that we have, though. It's the best system that we have. But I'd like to talk to you guys now about economic democracy, because it's not the best system that we have. There are different ways to, to look at it. Economic democracy, so what I mean by that is this. Every dollar you have is a vote. You might vote to keep that money in your bank account. You might vote to go on vacation. But every dollar is a vote that you have. And every single day, every business out there, every business in the entire world is trying to figure out how to get one of your dollars into their pocket. 
So they're going to try to give you the best service, the best quality product, and so forth that they can in order to make sure that they stay in business and that they stay successful. And the more people that vote for their product, the better. You go to walking down the cereal cereal aisle at the grocery store. Every one of those companies is vying for your vote. Every one of those products is vying for your vote. If Cheerios stops being a successful product, General Mills will get rid of it. And they'll find something else to provide to you because people don't like Cheerios anymore. General Mills will go to business if they don't provide a product that you like, that you enjoy, that you love. Publix, grocery store, Walmart, they're vying for your vote every single day. How am I going to get this person in there? They're start. People are starting to get away from going to retail stores. They're going, getting to the point where they don't want to walk into the store. They want everything delivered. Because people are voting to go somewhere else with their dollars. They, they're voting to go to Amazon and buy their products. So you look at the malls across the country, and all of them are in dire straits. The only ones, I was talking with someone about this the other day, most of the malls in the United States, they're closed up, they're shutting down, they're abandoned, they have a few stores in them and that's it. Except for the really high-end malls that have like the Nordstrom's and the Saks Fifth Avenue's and so forth, that have some specialty stores in them. Those are the only ones that are being successful, all the other ones are not, because people are opting, they're voting to use online purchase they're voting to purchase online now through amazon and other outlets that are there so what do all the companies have to do they have to figure out a way to provide you with a service and a product that you will stop going to amazon and maybe use them for example walmart now you can go on their website and you could literally order all of your groceries online Send, they send, and then you send them a text message when you arrive and they bring your groceries out to you. I was talking about this on one of the shows recently. My, stu- or my, my mother-in-law started using that and she loves it. She doesn't go to the grocery store anymore. She wanted to save some money. So now instead of Publix getting her grocery or getting her money because Walmart's a little bit cheaper, she thought that would be a better idea. She's able to save money on her groceries as well as get improved service by not even having to go into the store. That's economic democracy, though. Fighting for your money. How would that work in the government world, though? That's that's what I want to get at, right? How would that work in the government world? And I am not the person that believes that I have all the answers to every single situation. And the reason why I say that is because somebody would figure it out better. If you put a thousand minds together to figure it out, it's going to come up with a much better solution to the problem than my one mind or your mind, or ten people's minds. You put a thousand people's minds together, and, f- and they'll figure it out. So I'm not going to pretend that this is the only answer, but how would it work in government? Well, one thing I could think of is this. My homeowners association right now has a quasi-government, right? I live in a large community that has... It's a large community, and it has multiple neighborhoods within it. So we have neighborhood associations as well as, well as a master association. And when you drive through our neighborhood, the grasses are mowed, the, tr- the hedges are trimmed, 
the whole nine yards, right? Like everything looks good. We have a community pool. We have a couple of community pools. There's a lot of facilities that we have. And it's, you know, there. I think there's maybe they've said there's like 15 to 20,000 people that live in our community. And it's all run by a homeowners association in that sense. And every other homeowners association, every other community in our, in our area, when there's a new person moving in, they're vying for the same business. They want the home builders are trying to have the best community associations available, homeowners associations available, in order to make sure that people come and move into their neighborhood. So you have that ability from a governance standpoint to make that happen, to have better services, to have better features within that community. If you look at some of the one, I w- we went down to Jacksonville about a year and a half ago or so because we were thinking about moving down there to take a different job, my wife and I. And you go down to Jacksonville, and we're looking for a community that's similar to ours, that's a master plan community with lots of people and lots of stuff to do and things like that, little town center, the whole nine yards. That's what we thought would be the best place to live for our kids growing up. So we went down there, and you get down there, and the master communities now have these pools that are like huge, you know, resort-style pools with water slides and waterfalls. The whole nine yards, there's just, in a big city like that, you have them vying Like, they're all trying to one-up each other to get your business, to get you to move into that community. And that's governed by a private entity. That's governed by a homeowner's association. Yeah, they don't have the use of force that they can use, but you're under obligation to do certain things when you sign into that community, when you buy a house in that community. You've thought about it, you've considered it, and you said, I'm willing to give up this, for that amount of money and that's fine but it's your choice you can choose which community you want to live in or you could live on the outskirts of town or in a neighborhood that doesn't have an HOA it's your choice when you buy that house but they're all fighting for that so economic liberty just seems like a better idea to me economic democracy seems like a better idea to me it seems like something that'll make it so that Communities are fighting for your business. Communities are working to make sure that they are providing a better service to people. If it becomes overbearing, people can move out. And they can move into another community down the road. But we don't have that option in the United States. When you have a democracy, when you have a political democracy, you're forced by whatever the people in the city tell you to do. You're forced whatever the people in the state tell you to do. Yeah, you can move from one state to another... But what what about when you get to the federal level? You don't have any choice whatsoever at that point, except for to move out of your country. And I hate it when people say that. Well, if you don't like it, then just move. Well, it's very hard to get citizenship somewhere else. Almost impossible. But you can, it's very simple for me to move from one neighborhood to the next. Comparably. You don't have to get citizenship into the next neighborhood down the road. All you do is get a contract on a house, maybe rent a house there, whatever, 
and sell the house that you have. That there's lots of choices. Infinite amount of choices in that world. Whereas with political democracy, you have no choice whatsoever. You do what the majority tells you to do, and that's it. So I think that that is something that we as libertarians, we can talk about that. That's something that we can express to people and and point out the flaws in the political democracy and point out the benefits of an economic democracy in that way. Now let's link this back to the, the presidential election that's going on right now. I was watching this very, or not watching this, I was kind of scrolling through some different memes that I saw and there was this one comic that I saw from 2000 and it said the democratic presidential auction right and it was like all of these people were just sitting there it was eight candidates and one of them says we need to lower the cost of health care and the next one says we need to lower the cost of health care and make it free for senior citizens. The next one's like, we need free health care for everybody. We need free health care and medicine for everybody. The next one, we need free health care, medicine uh, for everybody and this. And then the other one's like, we need free everything. Because the politician has no investment in anything that he's talking about, right? All he's trying to do is get elected. So he's willing to stand up there and just give away the whole world. He is. Look at the Democratic candidates now. You have every single one of them just about is talking about health care for all. It's a right for everybody to have health care. But they have no investment in that. It, It's their incentive to talk about giving away more and more stuff. Because that helps them to get elected. But that's what political democracy is. Whoever sounds the best, whoever looks the best, whoever can get the most votes, whoever can promise the most things will get more votes. Whoever can get you dependent upon them for anything from food stamps to a paycheck to health care, you're going to be dependent upon that person to protect it. But that's what political democracy is. It's not providing a better service. It's not providing a better product that's going to incentivize, that's going to make you want to go out there and buy it or live in that community. That's economic democracy. Political democracy is let's see how much I can promise of other people's money in order to give it to somebody else. And if I give just enough of the other person's money away to other people. I might get those other people's votes. If I could entrap those people in the system that they live under, keep them on public assistance. For example, senior citizens are going to vote for the person every single time who promises to protect Social Security and Medicare. Every single time, no matter what. Because it's their... Because they've built their security upon that. So the person that says anything negative about Social Security, anyone that says that they want to address the problem of insolvency, they can't do it. 
because it's not politically expedient at that time because there's so many people dependent upon that system. We know it's insolvent. We know that in 10 years, and 12 years, benefits are going to have to be cut. People are not going to be able to get the medicine they need. We know that. It's, it's going to happen. But politicians don't have that incentive to change it because it doesn't get them votes. And that's political democracy. Economic democracy would be completely different. I don't pretend to know exactly how that would happen. Trust me. But all of these politicians, that's all they do is promise, promise, promise. You look at the Democratic ticket and they're all making these promises that are going to cost trillions upon trillions of dollars that a government with $22 trillion in debt is supposed to pay. A government that within the next five years, every dollar that it takes in in taxes is going to go to Social Security, Medicare, and the military. Every dollar, oh, and paying back the interest on those loans. So you have four things that every dollar that's raised in taxes is going gonna, is gonna to go towards. And they're going to have to figure out how to pay for anything else. And they're not going to be able to. You're going to have a military. You're going to have Medicare. You're going to have Medicaid. You're going to have Social Security. And they're going to be paying back the debt. The only place that you can cut in that is the military. And 50% of the government is not going to allow that to happen ever because it's the Republicans. And probably 50% of the Democrats are not on board cutting, cutting military spending either. So that's not going to go away. Social Security, third rail. Medicare and Medicaid, third rail. You don't touch those ever. So the only place they're going to be able to find any more money is not paying back the interest. But that's not good for you and I going forward. So anyway, those are the things. I mean, that's political democracy, though. Not addressing problems, just promising more stuff economic democracy if they are not providing something that you want you're not going to you're not going to get you're not going to use it you're not going to vote with your dollars so that's what I wanted to talk about today guys there is a major difference between political democracy and economic democracy we can push that issue out there we can talk about that issue with people because everyone believes in democracy everybody believes in democracy across the world they believe in democracy but all democracy is in the political sense is tyranny of the majority and that's it so let's get out there every single day passionately talk to people about this message let them know about this show as well let them know about other shows that you hear about and start and then let me know what you're doing i'd love to hear about it ray at ironlyempire.com let me know about what you're doing out there in order to make a slight difference in somebody's life and changing their views and challenging their status quo. And then come on back tomorrow and listen and you'll have clear vision for 2020.